My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years until now. Join the podcasting world. That's why it's called My Second Act. My name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. I um, went to pick up Charlotte, our 14-year-old, on a, a week ago or so. She did a spend the night party with a friend of hers, and she had the girl had a bunch of girls over. The girl's turning fifteen. These are all great girls. So what I'm about to tell you is not nothing happened. It wasn't like that, but they're just funny at this age, you know, fifteen. So Charlotte's still fourteen. So I go to pick her up. She gets in the car, and I'm like, "Well, what'd you guys do? Did you have a good time?" They went out to dinner um, at a restaurant at Avalon, and Charlotte said, "Well, I want you to know something. I am really good at beer pong." And I'm like, what? Come again, sister? And she's like, well, we didn't play with beer. We played with Coke, Diet Coke. Sprite. Sprite and lemonade. And she said, but we like played it and we're all really, and I was like the best at it. I can get the cup in there. Doesn't that make your heart warm as a parent? Really? And I'm like, where did you guys learn how to do this? Like, is there someone in the group? And there's not with this group. There really isn't. They play it on their phones. On there's some kind of like game pigeon app or something. And one of the games on there is like beer pong. And I have actually had Olivia and Will when they were in like younger in high school, send me an invitation to play beer pong during the day. And I'm like, or they call it cup pong on um, the little pigeon app because it's kids. But I'm like, shouldn't you be studying? But then I get really competitive and I'm like, because I could play some beer pong at Georgia. Let me tell you. They had it back then? And I'm not being, I'm, that's, I'm, this is not a joke. Really? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't mean it that way. Beer yeah. pong, when was beer pong discovered though? Wasn't it at a least a century? We, we may have discovered it, the people that were there at the time. What do you think? Like playing with like old timey medicine balls and stuff? <laughs> like wood blocks? Seriously. Wasn't that old? But anyways, and then what was so funny is she would proceed to tell me, I said, well, what else did you guys do? She goes, well, then we played poker. And then we played pool. These it, girls go to a Christian school. Yeah, it was so. like this full on, like, it was like they were at Mazzy's, like at the bar. Okay. You know what you I mean? You got to explain Mazzy's. It's where we went to go watch the Georgia game. Mazzy's. It's a, uh, I get nervous at Mazzy's. It's a sports tavern lounge. Yes. In Milton, Georgia. Yes. There's a chain, you say, though. Yeah, I don't there's know like that, five I've locations. I've seen another one. Yeah, there's five But locations. they have those blacked out windows. So when you're in there during the day, at, even watching the Georgia Bulldogs at four o'clock in the afternoon, it's dark. Yeah. You think it's like 10 o'clock. And that's what that's why they bars do that kind of stuff, because they like want you to think. Right. They don't want you to think what time it is. They don't want you to worry about what kind of weather is going on outside. Or it's a beautiful day and you're drunk falling down at 415 on fireball shots. Yeah. I mean, we weren't. We were just watching the Georgia no, game. Of course, we were not. We were just watching the Georgia Mazzies. game. Mazzies. Mazzies. But anyway. Donna's I don't, got a little dance for Mazzies. I don't know what they're running in this person's basement, but it's like poker, beer pong, and um, pool. But she had a good time. And I'm glad. Let's connect on social media at ATL Cadillac on Instagram and Twitter. There's also the Cadillac Jack fan page on Facebook. And don't forget, you can holler, hey, Alexa, play Cadillac Jack. And the most recent episode of this podcast will play for you. On your way here today to the App and Media Group and App and Podcast Network. We're about 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta. What was your hype song? Mine was Pink. We don't have, I don't know if we have, maybe we have Pink on with Kenny Chesney. But um, it was Raise Your Glass. That, that like, if you're a girl... A group of girls and you're out for like a you know what a gno is do you know what that girls stands for? Out. there you go hon yeah that's like your favorite song like raise your glass if you you know it's like an anthem nitty gritty dirty little freaks yes and you're just like dancing around jumping up and down anyway what was your hype song on the way here i must give a disclaimer before we add my hype song to the spotify playlist. Uh, okay
it's a song that I listened to the first 20 seconds of, and I said, that's a number one hit. That is a number one country hit. I have this ability, I have this power as a uh, minister of music Mm. to be able to tell in the first 20 seconds whether or not you should really rethink as an artist releasing that song or if you need to run with it. Does the person have to hum a few bars or do you have to actually hear a lyric? Just give me the first 20 seconds. Lyric or just beat. Or open What caught me with this particular song, and the song is from Scotty McCreary. I know, Clutch Your Heart, Cadillac Jacks, adding Scotty McCreary to the Spotify Heights on playlist. I am, because he's got a great song right now, and it's called You Time. And when you hear it on the Spotify playlist, you're going to listen to the first 20 seconds, and you're going to be like, okay, I like that. I, I would. There's nothing more I'd love to do right as we sit here right now than play you a hook of this song. But as you know, maybe from listening to uh, other podcasts, we are unable to play any sort of music, even though we're classified as a music podcast. In the second verse, uh, Scotty sings of his appreciation for what his wife does. Climbing mountains, changing lives. And in real life, Donna, his wife, Gabby, is a nurse. Oh, that's sweet. And she's from, uh, or her parents live in Stone Mountain. That's very a sweet. A suburb of Atlanta. Scotty McCreary, I like him as an artist. He has some sleeper songs. He, has, he does have a lot of sleeper songs. But every now and then, Scotty hits. But that's and what I mean. Like, I don't even mean like sleepy. I mean like. Well, most of them are. Out, but I don't think so. I think out of nowhere, they're like, that's a really good Five song. Five More Minutes oh, was a decent song. Such a great song. And yeah. you're going to love this. It's going to be mark, mark, mark this podcast, mark it in the run of show, Carl, that this is going to be a number one hit from Scotty McCreary. You time every song that we've ever discussed. Top of the show uh, as a hype song on the way here to record the podcast. Uh, they're all in on the Spotify play, uh, playlist. Donna, you curate it and tell people how they can find it and search for it. Yeah. So you just go to um, Spotify and look up Cadillac Jack, my second act playlist, and it will pull up. And um, it's like nine something hours of music. It's, it's a really good playlist. Well, Vice President, but Chris, no. Can I be honest? No. I, I, the answer to the question is no. Not you're true. You're doing it. You're going to have tape. true. Gentlemen, I hate to Chris, raise my voice, but I see it seems to be. Why shouldn't I be different than the two of you? This got really ugly. Uh, after the debate was over, Wallace said he wants to moderate something a little more civil, like a real Housewives reunion or a back alley knife fight. <laughs> Really, it was a good debate. The candidates had a productive give and take. No, it was terrible. It was a terrible debate. Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel after the presidential debate. Gives me a headache. um, Just listen to it again. You know, SNL, Saturday Night Live, is back for a new season this Saturday. Chris Rock is the host. I cannot imagine the fun that they're going to have during the cold open uh, following the presidential debate. I thought that it was uh, uh, the entire thing was like the Falcons in the fourth quarter of every game so far this season. Yeah. It was difficult to watch. I don't know that it's – I can only speak for myself. Uh, I think they both lost, and I'm a Trump supporter. Always have been. I think that they both lost the debate. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, it was like people kept putting all these memes up of those two guys that the old, the you know, from the Muppet show that yeah, sit in the in, balcony. Yeah, that sit in the balcony. It was just like two middle-aged white men yelling at each other, screaming at each other. And it was like, and I said, it reminds me sometimes of like arguing with a teenager. You've got eye rolls. You've got no one's listening. The other person thinks that they're right all the time. It was just a lot. And you know what? For people who actually most people, I will say, well, I shouldn't say most, but I bet there was a, a, a large percentage that came to watch the debate to see the crap show that it was. 
what was going to happen, what was going to get said, what were going to be the sound bites from the night, you know, all of that. But there's a large percentage of the population who actually watch the debates to try to find out where people stand on issues and to make their decisions and, you know, to get, you know, everyone's always talking about the bias in the media and that you can't get the full story from the candidates or what they really feel or how they feel. This is that opportunity to sort of basically hear it from the horse's mouth. And you couldn't even get to the issues because they were interrupting each other. They were interrupting Chris Wallace. They were, it was just like, it was ridiculous, the whole thing. And at some point you were just like, and, and I, I remember looking at you and it was, we were only like 20 minutes in. And I said, we're only 22 minutes in and it's already, the train is off the track. Prices will be coming down 80 or 90 percent. You could have done it during your 47 year period in government, but you didn't do it. Nobody's <laughs> done it. So we're cutting health care. All of the things condition. that we've done. Insulin. I give you an example. Insulin. It's going to it was destroying families, destroying people because I'm getting it for so cheap. It's like water. You want to know the truth. So cheap. Like water. The insulin's just going to roll like water. Roll through the streams like water. Yeah, it was crazy. Do you think that Chris Wallace with Fox News, did you think, I did, I did. I thought going in, you know what? Fox News is part of the Red Kingdom. You cannot debate that. They're actually, it's not that I wanted this to happen, but I, I suspected it was going to maybe. It did not, as you know. I mean, it's almost like Chris Wallace was carrying Joe Biden out over his shoulder from a, uh, 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 a hold that the military's in. You know, because he was injured. I thought that maybe Fox News was going to be easier on Donald Trump. And I thought that Chris Wallace was actually tougher on Donald Trump. I, I just think it's, it's almost like he and Joe Biden were allies. Okay. I just think at some point he was, and, and honestly, from the beginning, I knew he was not going to be able to keep control. He's a very gentle sort of man. He's not. I don't know. I don't think he's very authoritative. Listen, they need to have Andy Cohen from The Real Housewives doing these debates. Someone who is used to chairs flying and people grabbing people's wigs and all kinds of stuff going on. At one point, I, I honestly thought, you know how they had him up on the split screen? Like, can you imagine if one of them just reached over and punched the other one or something? It was that out of control. And we were talking about it like, okay, if you're the moderator and... It, I mean, listen, if you have kids, you've you've gotten into a you've had an argument go, where you're like, I got to get control of this situation. Like, what would you do to get control? So Charlotte, our 14 year old, told me this morning that she thinks she called him the poor little man, the poor little man who was trying to keep everything together last night. He needed a water bottle. And like like you spray cats okay. to get into a fight, you know, <laughs> just spray them down when like they get going. Like with a stream. Yes. You know, because he was socially distanced like a, quite a bit. super soaker. Right. Okay. More more like that. Absolutely. Yeah, just out of nowhere. And almost you have to give them a warning. This is your one minute or 30 second warning. And then if you. Well, there was a clock. There was a countdown clock I at three know. different positions in the back of they the didn't auditorium care. where they were. They didn't care. Or how about an air horn? What about this? What about if they had a zap dog collar on mm -hmm. each of the candidates and the moderator? Because Chris Wallace is now done. I forgot who has number two, uh, which is next week. But whoever the debate moderator becomes, hopefully. Hopefully, they're going to learn that they have to establish control and being the alpha in the room, even if it's the president of the United States and the Democratic nominee, former vice president Joe Biden, you as the moderator still must you must piss in the corner. You must establish yourself 
as the one who's going to take control and hold, who, who's going to be in, in, in charge. So we could do the zap collar or I saw on social media, Donna, a lot of people referred to the theater. And in the theater, if you are not part of a, a particular scene, then your mic is not hot. It's muted. Right. Yeah. So that you can go backstage and you can talk or ask questions to the stage manager or go over your lines or rehearse your singing or your next number. Why could we not apply that at least to the first two minutes when they're not to interrupt one another? The biggest problem with the whole debate, Don, I thought was this conversation portion. That Who, who came up? Is that normal for a debate? I know that after you have your two minutes to state your case, there's go, there's back and forth. Yeah. But that was, they labeled it as the conversation portion of the debate. And that's where everybody got in trouble. Because Sideways. you couldn't, and you said it a moment ago, but it's so true. I turned away from the debate and I watched the entire 90 minutes of it. I turned away and I thought if I were an undecided voter, and I'm not, but if I were an undecided vote, uh, undecided voter, I don't. Shame on these two candidates. Uh, I, I don't even know how to make the trip to the polls. Well, and, and I think that I think that is the challenge is, you know, there is such a push for, you know, for people to register to vote and for people to go out and have their voice heard. And it shouldn't be this way. But I know, again, that there are groups of people who watched that last night who said, this is why I don't vote. This is why I don't participate. Nothing's going to get done. It's just a bunch of arguing. You know, it's just a huge disservice to the people of the country. And I get it. If you think your candidate won or your candidate did better, then you're all for this. At the end of the night, it's about democracy. And, you know, it, we've just become this laughing joke, I have to believe, around the country. because well, Around any, the world. Around the world. Of, yes, absolutely. Anybody who tuned in just thinking, what is going on? And if you think back, if you're old enough to remember debates from years and years past i mean you would have never heard one candidate call another candidate out a of their clown. out of their name or you know there were certain topics that were always off limits like and i understand in this case it, it, that both of the candidates children play a role but you know calling out people's kids and it was just i don't know it just felt so ugly i told you after i i after we turned it off it's almost like you felt like you needed a shower it's like ugh Vote now. Are you gonna pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question Why because you answer that because question? the question is the question is the question left. Will you shut who is up, your, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? Will you shut up, man? The Biden campaign has already turned that into T-shirts and face masks that you can buy right now online. I think he had just had it, had enough. It's that moment when you're you've just had enough. And I will also say the Biden campaign had said. Um, because I think a lot of people made comments about, oh, there go, there he goes, losing his cool. I think that they had said from the beginning, and he even said it in the debate, not tonight. You picked the wrong person. and the right. He was not going to go down without a fight. And if that meant throwing some, you know, hard jabs out there, he was going to do it. So it wasn't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it was that, you know, they were trying to rattle him or he lost his cool. He just was like, I'm not going to put up with this anymore, this interrupting and all this. But again... That's why we have democracy. Everybody gets to vote. But it was a mess. It was a hot mess. And whoever's up next to be the moderator is probably like in CrossFit warrior training right now. You know, because well, you could you could tell Joe Biden had done so much debate prep. I don't know that Donald Trump had done a bit of it, but you could tell. And I know that he had done a lot because it got out that uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Pete Bud Buttigieg, Pete, thank you, Buttigieg, uh, uh, was playing the role of Donald Trump in Biden's debate prep. 
you could tell they had told him, talk to the camera. Use the word you. You watching at home. Speak to the people. And he did that all the time when he could, when he could get it in. When he also got on a roll, Joe did pretty good with messaging when Trump left him alone, which didn't happen all that often. Right. Uh, but you could tell the vignettes, we'll call them, of information and statistics that, that he did get out during the debate. Uh, it, it, it was He was well prepped because it was um, maybe not the information side of it for me, but his being able to communicate his message. Yeah. When, when when Trump gave him that lane, and again, he didn't often. I thought that uh, Biden did. Uh, he did okay. Biden, you are holding much smaller events with nobody will show up. People with <laughs> you and Chris Wallace got a little chuckle. Out of yeah, that one. It was All right, two more to go. Two more to go. Two more to go. Did you think while watching for a second that they would be like, you know what? I think it was Wolf Blitzer from CNN who said, I don't know that there'll be another one. I don't know. Who knows? But there are. Uh, Biden has said that, that, you know, he's still on. He's ready. For the I think fight. the last thing, too, is there should be a moratorium on facts and figures and numbers because they start, you know, some one person f- throws out, you know, there's this hundred thousand people or this percentage of, you know, we're going to do this on whatever health care or whatever this percentage. And every single person that's listening knows that probably from both sides, the numbers aren't real. So it's like there should just be, because it gets so lost in that. You're like, what? It's like when your math teacher used to teach you and you're like, what are they talking about? And you're, again, it just needs to be, you know, that old saying, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. You know, (laughs) just make it easy for us. So we don't have to overthink and cut through the clutter. And is this number right? What did he say? Wow, that sounds like a scary number. But then later you find out that number's not true. You know, it's crazy. So fact-checking. Yes, something. I don't know. The great thing for me about podcasting is you're able to have conversations like we just had about politics, which is something I could never do in terrestrial radio. Um, Although for 25 plus years, I was a personality on a country station here in town. You truly never heard my opinion on things, especially things that could be considered what we called in the radio industry sticky. Sticky not meaning dirty, but sticky meaning can uh, you can't win with it there can sometimes be controversial you know people think uh you, it's going to be 50 50 people are going to agree with you or disagree with you so don't touch uh you know so do not ever talk about religion do never talk about politics yeah. do never don't ever talk about the lbgtq community do not ever talk you know there, there were so many restrictions in radio that you could not talk about do not talk about nascar what yeah you know uh i think that the country audience more than any other genre format of music is tuned into politics and, and 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 know who their candidate is right nascar for working with nascar for decades i knew how loyal uh nascar fans were to specific sponsors and specific drivers and if their favorite driver was sponsored by clorox that's all they're gonna buy is clorox very very loyal people a lot of the debate donna had to do with COVID-19. And that's something that, that, that uh, Joe Biden kept trying to get back to was COVID-19 and tried to pin Donald Trump down on doing a horrific job with the pandemic. And, you know, at this point, we are nearly, well, today's October 1st. So we are about 10 months in to a pandemic. And the numbers continue to go up. Um, I think that in the United States, we just hit 205,000 deaths. One death is too many. But I remember in mid-March when watching coverage of the pandemic 
I remember specifically, I know, tell you exactly where I was when I heard the number 1.5 to 2 million deaths in the United States of America and thinking, Jesus Christ, what this is crazy. All right. In the past week, we've hit the 1 million mark, death mark worldwide. When you hear the, this, the, the, the huge gap between those two numbers and the fact that there have been 6,000 deaths in the state of Georgia, I'm tired. I, I just I think that we have to move on. I think that we have to reopen the economy. I think that we have to begin working again. And for a number as low, and I'm sorry, as low as 6,000 deaths in the state of Georgia, one's too many, okay? Yes, it is. But people have lost jobs. People have lost their lives. People have lost their homes. People have lost so much because of a pandemic, COVID-19, that originally was projected to take the lives of 1.5 to 2 million people. And we are at now the 200,000 death mark in the state. You don't want to touch this, and I know you don't. But no, 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 it's not that at all. I, I want to hear your viewpoint. I, I, I agree. I've said, it, I've said it a lot. You know, I have worked in an industry for the past year and a half that is, you know, completely operates on people coming into theaters, into venues. My job has, in effect, been shut down since the pandemic hit, with no hope of returning until probably next summer, if even then. So, no, I am totally with you. And I don't think that because you want the economy, you're, you know, you, you want things to move along and you want kids back in school. My thing is this. It's not always a political issue. Unfortunately, it, ha it becomes that because it dictates on what states can open and how schools can open and everything. But I just keep looking at it as a human issue. And I keep saying that, and we've said it a lot on this podcast, that if you are one of the lucky few who have not been affected at all by the pandemic and you've gotten to work at home and sweatpants and spend more time with your kids and you're still paying all your bills and everything's great, I applaud you. I think that's great. If you are like the majority of us out there who, you know, there's people listening to this podcast that have been downsized, furloughed, unemployed, lost their homes, you know, have lost family members or children to suicide to you know it, it, it's it's a bigger problem and what's happening is the pandemic started out as one problem the issues coming out of the pandemic are going to overtake the pandemic and it's very close to being there you know one check from the government which a lot of people we didn't get one a lot of people didn't get you know is not going to solve your problems and, and keep your family afloat. And it's not by anything you've done. And that's what the frustrating thing is, is that people want to work. They want to be out doing things. They want their kids in school. Um, so, no, it's I completely feel like it's it's time to start. It's been time to start moving forward. But somebody has to take the step. And that's what we've been talking about. Well, that's my fear about the election, though, is if Donald Trump wins the election and he's got my vote, if Donald Trump wins then you can you bet bet me the thing the the chaos and the mainstream media are going to continue to paint this as as much worse than it actually is gosh i'd have been fired if i'd said something like that on the radio if joe biden wins the presidential election 
not going to go away like this, but it's going to go away. It's going to go away because all the mainstream media is using COVID-19 and the pandemic for right now is to push Donald J. Trump out of the office of president of the United States. That's all they're using it for. Well, I've never quarantined. Since March 15th, I have uh, I, I have a mask with me at all times. You wear, fact, you wear a mask. Matter of fact, I have an H1N1, K9N5, which are those fancy masks yeah. that I bought at Ollie's when we were out in uh, West Georgia. Um, I don't wear it. Well, if Unless, you have to, you do. That's my point, though. Yeah. I'm very respectful to businesses, and I'm very respectful to business owners. And if the business owner says, you know what, I prefer that you wear a mask, absolutely I'm going to wear a mask. It's your business. I'm happy to do that. I've never washed my groceries. I have, um, I've ridden an Uber. I've been to a wedding. I've been to a dance club. I went on vacation during the middle of the pandemic for an entire week. I would go to Disney World today. I would board a Royal Caribbean cruise ship today if given the opportunity. We were out to eat the night that Governor Kemp shut down the state of Georgia. We were out to eat the night that Governor Kemp opened up the state of Georgia. I had a haircut the morning Kemp opened the state. I think that it's time. I just... I think it's so polarizing and I may be doing us a big disservice by having this conversation on the podcast. I guess I'll get feedback from people, but I I really don't care because it's all about being able to voice your opinions and things. But I see these people on social media. It drives me mad. What's it like out there? Somebody's friend returned with some shopping bags from the mall and the response was, what's it like out there? I haven't left my house since mid-March. Well, maybe this isn't for you then. Maybe you need to stay at home and hide under your bed and hide in your closet. Um, the people that believe, um, people that believe that it's, 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 they just come after the people that go to the grocery store and, and are trying to live their life and get their livelihood back and work and provide and have compassion. But the entire thing has been overwritten and has been oversold by the mainstream media. But I will also say there was a period of time when we were kind of in that shutdown where we didn't, you didn't go anywhere. I mean, during that, uh, the main I, period. I would leave the house, certainly. Sure, of course. But I mean, you were, you were, there was a, there was a period of time where you were at least respectful of staying home for that was kind of I that. I think there was a 10 day period. Yeah. For 10 days, maybe. But the point of it is, is it, we still came to work. We still came sure. to the studio. And, and you've also said, listen, if I, if I contract covid then i get it i I get it and listen i could contract covid19 in three days from right now and and die and 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 everybody's gonna say well hang on let me finish everybody's gonna say oh my gosh he was how ironic he was just talking about how it's uh you know it's less than than what the mainstream media is painting it as um i i i'm okay with that i'm okay because i choose to live my life and i think that i have just as good a chance as getting injured in a car accident on an interstate right now than I do from dying from COVID-19. And if I catch COVID-19 and the, uh, the, the survival rate, I believe is 97%, 96, 97% in the state of Georgia. Um, I think I'll be okay. But if not tag me as the person who said, uh, and I want to be clear too. I didn't say there was no pandemic and I did not say that COVID-19 was not a real thing. You did not hear either of those statements come out of my mouth. But I do question the validity of a lot of things 
and how these shutdowns have affected lives and businesses and things like that. So you can point the finger at me if I happen to get COVID and I'm hospitalized in three days. Oh, the irony, Cadillac Jack, the irony, he said he didn't wear a mask unless a business owner told him to. Now look at him. That's okay because I believe that if I'm meant to get it, I'm meant to get it. Yeah. Fair enough? Yeah, no, I get it. And there, there's a point where you kind of have to, again, stick your toe in the water and start living life again. It's going to be interesting, November 3rd, presidential election. All right. But respect each other on social media and, and, and in person and, and at work and in school and places like that, because it's going to be a very, very rough four weeks, I believe, for everybody here. So just uh, buckle up. If you are listening to this podcast and you are not in Atlanta and we see the uh, we see the numbers, we see the insights, we see all that kind of stuff. We know who you are. We know your address. Even. No, we don't. If you're listening out of town, uh, I just wanted to remind you that that one of our partners from from the beginning has been dinner affair and they do ship nationwide and the savings the thirty dollars off your first order savings which is thirty dollars with the promo code caddy c-a-d-d-y uh, that applies to even shipping nationwide yeah no it's great there's a lot of people who reach out to us that listen to um, the pod all across the country and they say gosh you guys are so lucky you have dinner affair i wish we had something like that here you do have something like that there it's called dinner affair because they do ship we just had um one of your friends from, from high school from high school in western north carolina yeah so she ordered her um meals from dinner affair they came packed with dry ice everything was delivered safely um there was no contact and you know she unpacked everything and was ready to go put her meals in the freezer so if you are listening and you are not in the state of georgia or specifically where we live you can still order from dinner affair the uh, the coupon code is still good and they will ship them out to you. Get to pick your meals. Nothing changes. There's nothing different. Well, the menu does, Donna. The, the menu, menu changes. changes every month. Fifteen new uh, dinners are available. Uh, the October menu includes balsamic honey glazed pork medallions. Now mm. I love the fish and I love the chicken, and I also love uh, the beef pieces. Uh, you know of, of meat that come the protein that comes from Dinner Affair. I love the pork medallions. All right, uh, tender hand cut pork medallions, pan seared. Get texture. You get flavor. Then you finish your medallions with a glaze made from balsamic, clover honey, garlic, and Dijon mustard. Yum. Seriously. And the $30 off discount for your first order applies um, to um, any size meal package. And you can customize your package according to how many family members that you have. So let's just say that you want to order 12 chef-crafted dinners for four to six people. Okay? That's uh, $349. All right, free delivery, no contract. But when you break it down, Donna, the price per serving is $5.84. I mean, you can't even eat at Chick-fil-A for a family for that. You want to try it? All right, dinner fair to see what it's all about? How about six chef-crafted dinners, four to six people? Price per serving is five twenty-five. Six dollars price is one eighty-nine. Use caddy as your promo code. You're down to, uh, do my math, Donna. It's low. Okay. <laughs> Dinneraffare.com. <laughs> Dinneraffare.com. Uh, we have been fans and clients for years, and you're going to love them too, especially with uh, everything uh, that's going on and the, the school back and you're, you're juggling hybrids and face-to-face -face and school activities and work activities in the afternoon, and now you're commuting, maybe going back to the office, and you're wondering, what are we going to do for dinner? Dinner Affairs got you. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com. So we've been talking about gallery furniture and our friends up in Gainesville, Donna, her daughter Marilyn, Shane. Um, love the fact that it's a family-owned business. All the businesses that we work with are family-owned and 
you know, our local businesses. Because the reason we want to partner with those types of businesses is we know if you do, and you're not, by the way, from gallery, but if you had a problem, if you got something home and it didn't work in your space, Maybe you wanted a different color. You thought it was going to kind of look differently. Donna and the the gang there, they're going to work with you. You know, they'll trade it out for you. They'll put something new in. They're also going to help you from the front end with your measurements and any kind of design questions that you have. You think this would look good with, you know, you can bring in pictures of your rooms and show them, you know, a space you're looking to fill or something, you know, what your kind of what your aesthetic is now. And is this going to look good with it? And that's the great thing about having the people who own the business on site. If you try to do that with this big box retailer that you're thinking that you're going to save so much money and you're going to order your furniture from, you're going to get someone from a call center in another country and they're not going to be able to help you. So we've been saying it and we're going to keep saying it, buy local and furniture counts. You want to buy local when it's furniture. That uh, beautiful sectionals and then couches for your formal living room, for your den, you know, where you watch your TV with the family. They got stuff for um, your master bedrooms. Great bedding options. Tons of recliners from $299. Gallery furniture, $1,600. Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman. His legacy still lives at uh, Gallery Furniture. Ask for Donna. Now you can ask for Donna's daughter, Marilyn, who truly don't tell Donna this, but she's running the, the Gainesville store. Uh-oh. I, as a dad, did not feel guilty that I did not post on National Daughter's Day or National Son's Day. Matter of fact, I think that this is a creation that is uh, just over the top. And I, as I scrolled through Instagram on these two days, and they fell right within, close to one another, did I they not? I think they were back to Had back. Had you ever heard, I'd never even heard of National Sunday or National Daughter Day until I scrolled through Instagram on each of the days and I saw all of these posts and I thought, you fools, you have drank the Kool-Aid. It's like a Hallmark card. Like, you know what I mean? Did like you those... feel pressure, though, Donna? Because you did post on both days. Did you feel pressure? Did you think to yourself, you know what, if I don't post, I'm not going to be the part of the in crowd. Everybody's posting on their kids. See, I was like, you know what? I'm, I was anti-guy. I was anti-dad. I, I'm not posting because everybody else is. Well, I didn't for... I, I, so I, I was... Post, every day is, is, is a good day for my kids. Every yep. day is Sunday and daughter day. Every day they're special. So I posted for National Daughter's Day because I knew about that one. Um, and so I posted on my own because, you know, I'm very, I'm proud of all of our kids, but of I'm super proud of my girls. So about. Okay. And so I posted for national daughter's day. What I didn't know 24 hours later is that it was national son's day. And so for that one, I hadn't posted and I was scrolling through and I was scrolling through. And then I thought, Will has Instagram. And I didn't want him to see that I posted for the girls and didn't post for him. So that one I felt a little pressure for. And again, not because I care about Will any less than the girls or anything like that. I just had never, I don't think in the past years, I knew there was a National Sons Day. So I'm wondering, like, did some parent come up with that because maybe they don't have daughters and they felt left out and so they created National Sons Day? I don't know. I did some research. Oh, good. History of Daughters Day. One shouldn't need... A reason to celebrate children or justify a day put aside to celebrate the blessing of a daughter. However, many unjustly uh, societies still view female children as inferior to male ones. So governments of some countries, in an attempt to encourage equality, decided to add Daughter's Day as a nationally acknowledged festival or day for daughters. And you know how there's autofill on, on Google on your phone? Yes. I barely had in 
Um, when is National DA for daughters? And it popped right up. I mean, everybody, clearly, yeah. if it's first in your autofill, everybody's wondering, wait a minute, how come this day kind of snuck up on everybody? Everybody I, was on the Google. I did a search uh, of, of when is National Sons Day. March 20th popped up, as did August 11th, and also uh, the 29th day of September. So when is it? I think there are a lot of these days out yeah, there. I don't know. Kind of like National Pet Day, National Pet Day, or National Doggy Day. International Seem, Dog Day seems to. Well, that's a whole other thing. There's international, and then there's na- You know, but but the National Pup Day seems to pop about every quarter. When is it? Who's in charge? Who is in charge of these unnecessary days? Like who? Who is the? It's I would call them like rogue holidays. Right. Like who's and in charge? And you see them every day. It's National Coffee Days, National Chewing Gum Days, taught like a pirate day. Now, let me pull up a chair and put my feet up about this. I used to dread going into work to host a morning show on National Pirate Day because I felt pressure to talk about it or to talk like a pirate. I would never do that. And towards the end of the morning show run, I wouldn't even acknowledge it because it's like everybody else is acknowledging every other morning show in town. Hire your boy to hire your Marty. That's a pirate talk. I don't even know. That's not like that. But Ahoy, matey. Whatever that would be. And a parrot mm-hmm. on the shoulder. And everybody's having fun with it and doing it. It's like this is the stupidest thing in the world. Who come? Is there a an association? A committee. That, a committee. Mm-hmm. And may we join it. That They're not going to want you on their committee. That approves of these rogue, unnecessary days i will say i thought the one when is parents day i thought the one for national coffee day was ridiculous because most people drink coffee every day and most people post a picture of their coffee cup every day you're not just going to jump on the coffee bandwagon i don't think on national national coffee day on national coffee day i don't know yeah i don't know they are rogue though and and you do like i mean if you participated in every hashtag national day on like instagram or facebook your feed would just be entirely hashtag national days but when is parents day that's the one i want to know about i want in on that one do we get gifts yeah do the kids take you to dinner well, mom and dad good. That'd be on nice. parents day well they fold the laundry and then you could argue but wait a minute you have mother's day and your father's day but right my kids have birthdays in addition to national son's day and national daughter day yeah. It's just a lot to unpack. I just think it's all unnecessary. And I think that, you know, there's, I think Hallmark's in charge of it all. Did you know there's a National Leprechaun Day? I, I'm sure it's probably around. No, actually, it would not, it would make sense. It makes sense for it to be around Patrick, St. Patrick's Day. I bet it's like in October. It is. is. I it think really? it's like to extend St. <laughs> Patrick's Day to another timetable. Another era. part of the year or something. But I don't know what you do on, like, do you walk like a leprechaun? Do you, like, skip around? I don't know. But I just refuse to buy in. With the obligatory post a picture of your daughter and post a picture of your But then what if your kids know it's National Daughter's Day? But they know that I love them. My kid, Don, our kids know me well enough to know that I'm not going to buy into something like that. Yeah, they do do that. They do know that. That's for sure. Yes. All right. Tomorrow is Friday, the 2nd of October. If you're listening on Upload Day, which is Thursday, October 1st, we would love to see you tomorrow. We're going to be hanging out. Um, and we're going to be uh, having some drinks and some snacks, and we're going to be having some birthday cake, and we're going to be trying some samples from Appalachian Growers at the Hemp Pharmacy tomorrow. Friday, October 2nd, is Couples Night, and it's going to happen from 4 to 8 tomorrow afternoon at the Hemp Pharmacy in front of uh, the Home Depot on Winter Parkway. A great, great, listen, you have no excuse to come by and have a drink and a slice of cake because it is Richard Roth's birthday. Christian, uh, Richard and Christy Roth own the Hemp Pharmacy. They live in Roswell. It's his birthday, so come by. Uh, they're both going to be there, and they can answer any questions that you have. 
Yeah, you don't have to hang out for the, the entire time. Just swing by and say hello. We'll be there. Come by and say hello to us. If you have any questions about starting kind of on a CBD journey and getting your feet wet and deciding what products you want to use, it's a great night to do that. They will be there to answer any questions. Um, both of them, again, we've talked about it before, have their own reasons for um, getting involved with CBD, buying a store, running a store, and even starting the products. Um, Richard is a cancer survivor, so if there's any of that going on, um, in your family or someone that you're going to be looking for CBD products for. He is a wealth of knowledge um, around that subject. Christy can talk about kids and pets using CBD. Um, so if you've been kind of thinking, I need to get over to the store and ask them some questions, tomorrow night would be a great night to do that. And, you know, I think that it, it um, means a lot to have them both there. And they can talk to you about CBD on like they can talk about the molecules and things that, that's how scientific they are with it yeah and we don't know any of that the stuff. knowledge that they have but mm-hmm. they can also talk to you about what's going on in your life whether it's anxiety whether it's you you just you're not getting the sleep that you need uh you're just uh, whatever whatever's troubling you they can talk to you just uh you know and not talk about molecules but talk about the many benefits that you can uh, have from using cbd products third party lab tested locally owned and operated christy and richard broth when we're parkway in front of the home depot uh, American-made, edibles, topical, smokables, tinctures. Don't forget to uh, reach out to me and get a massive first purchase discount from the Hemp Pharmacy. And you can reach out to me on social media. You can reply to the letter on Saturday mornings, which comes straight to my inbox, uh, or call the podcast voicemail text line. Leave me a message, and I'll get back with you, 770-464-6024. And all of those voicemails and text messages come right to my phone as well. So let's, uh, let's communicate, get you that big discount, and learn all about CBD products and how they can help you tomorrow, couples night, 4 to 8, the Hemp Pharmacy, with Christian, Richard, and Donna, and myself. You ready to get happy? I'm ready. All right. One, two, three, four. Because I'm happy. Come along if you feel like a room without roof. So today's appy is called, it kind of has a weird name, but it's a great app. It's called Meal Lime, but there's not two L's. Okay, so it's M E A L meal and then I M E. And basically, what it is, is it's an app designed to take the stress out of meal planning. And the way the app was created, it was created by three friends who they were pretty young. They had horrible eating habits um, and they were in their mid 20s. They were gaining a ton of weight and they were like, there has to be some kind of app that's not difficult to use that will help us eat better, plan meals, that type of thing. So they, the thing about this app is it, it will get you to healthy meals without requiring superhuman willpower or effort. The thing that I like about it is, yes, we do use dinner affair. Um, and you can use this with dinner affair. But there are obviously, you know, holes in the schedule where we're not having dinner affair meals. And what you do when you sign up for um, Mealime is you go through and you talk about the size of your family, things that people don't want to eat, things that they're allergic to, if there's entire categories, say you're a vegetarian or maybe you're a pescatarian, you eat fish, but you don't eat chicken or beef, you can do that. So you set up all your categories and it's going to help you meal plan and prep. And these are not meals that are difficult to make. So it's not like you're going to be cooking from scratch. Again, it's it's very easy to use and um, you can use it in conjunction with our partner Dinner Affair and kind of use their meals as 
as filling in between. But it's a great way right now, as we've talked about before, everyone is kind of back to work and you're trying to figure out what you need to cook. And the thing that I love about the app is it will generate a grocery list for you as well. So um, whatever you need and it blocks it out, it time blocks it for what days you're going to cook what and, you know, how you're going to do do things. So it's a great app. Meal Lime, M-E-A-L-I-M-E. We'll include uh, a link and picture of Donna's appy from this episode in Saturday's issue of The Letter, which is a free weekly e-newsletter. Comes straight to your inbox, 9, 10, Saturday mornings. Easy to subscribe. Text left on red. No spaces. Red is a color. R-E-D. Left on red in the number. 228. Thank you. Dash 228. Eight. We don't need the dash. 228. Okay, we have to sing ourselves out. Of course. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. Yes. Okay, and you know, ready? because you heard the appy segment, we're running low on content for this particular episode. Okay, that is not huh? true. I'm sorry. That's not It is, not again, true. one... Basically, we can now enter um, to win a Peabody Award for um, our podcast, and I'm actually going to pull out the happy segment and send that as a additional for Peabody. Yes, for Peabody. Okay. So it's a very when highly regarded committee, segment. Yeah, when, when the Peabody committee sees the e explicit ratings for this podcast, I don't know that they would. Uh, I yeah. don't know what even be considered. Well, but, I might just win on my happy alone. Yeah, could be. Could be. Okay, here we go. Ready? Hold your breath. Here we go. We, we just, just got, got happy. Susan Clark is a loser. Oh. She's also a pod peak for this episode. She reached out to me. Listening uh, to the podcast, I think Tug, Holly, and I should start a support group, Those That Can't Beat Jack. There you go. You may remember Susan Clark was the first listener up to play America's favorite silly little podcasting game called You Can't Beat Jack, a 20-second pop culture trivia showdown. Um, and uh, then Tug fell. And then Holly Bagby fell. Next episode of this podcast, we're going to find out if listener Betsy Richards fails. And if mm. so, I go to four and O. Oh. You'll have your little streak going on. There were many times on radio we had a whiteboard in the studio and we had a tally uh, and every day it would be updated. And there were times I would have 37 wins in a row. I'd have four. I just, I got this, guys. If you think you have it in you and you'd like to give it a challenge, reach out to me and we'll line you up to play in an upcoming episode of uh, the podcast. I'll line you up to play can't beat jack but uh i wouldn't waste your time i really wouldn't but if you lose Betsy's you start over from zero, zero. but that's yes. not going to happen anytime soon for sure well we'll see 770-464-6024 if you would uh, like to be scheduled for a round coming up in a, a future podcast and leave us messages there voicemail or text but please include your name and city so we can give you a proper pod peep salute we do have a small ask of you three things uh number one hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, rate and leave five star rate and leave five star reviews for the pod. And number three, show our sponsors some love. And our sponsors include Gallery Furniture in Gainesville, the Hemp Pharmacy, Wentworth Parkway, in front of the Home Depot, and, and Dinner, Dinner Affair. Affair. Dinner A F A R E dot com. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen, who is also editor of The Letter. New episodes Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act. We are proud to be part of the Appen Podcast Network. Bam. Time. We'll take it. All right. Let's regroup.